When it's rainy, cold, windy, or basically the worse the weather, the more likely we get the jobs. So, because we're not getting any jobs when the weather is good. Maximum thing that they do is um, if you ring them up once you've been injured on shift, they'll send um, ambulance out. There are days I can't even do five orders nowadays, which is very sad, you know, because I'm not earning like sometimes 20 pounds a day. The IWGB presents Unworkable. Episode 1, The Gig Economy. On the 4th of February, riders working for food delivery company Deliveroo in Brighton, England, went on a spontaneous strike. These workers had been pushed to breaking point after weeks of getting paid below the minimum wage. They're at the sharp end of what has become known as the gig economy, a Silicon Valley buzzword to describe new forms of work driven by changes in digital technology. Those we spoke to say that at the beginning, they loved the gig economy. They have been kept anonymous to protect them from potential reprisals. In the first, I'd say, yeah, six to eight months, um, anyone that knew me knew that I loved the job because I'd always talk about it. It suited me and um, it sort of, it really delivered as a, as a job, <laughs> funnily enough, no pun intended. Yeah. But um, that was, it, it, it did everything uh, for me, like flexibility wise. And um, there was no cap on the amount of stuff that I could, earn, money that I could earn. I was very passionate in the beginning. I liked the job because, I mean, I've been cycling all my life uh, in the Netherlands, in Turkey. Um, but, um, and in the beginning it was going fine because it was Christmas and New Year's time and um, I had enough orders uh, and I mean at the end of this period I found out that you know I can do this and maybe I can make a living out of this. But slowly things started to change. Deliveroo has different pay structures throughout the UK. In Brighton riders get paid four pounds per delivery. On busy days riders can earn a good salary but what happens when deliveries dry up? or when there are too many riders fighting over the same orders. I mean, it started off with a team of about, I don't know, there was probably about 40 people that I'd recognise. That was in the, sort of the first half of my um, employment with Deliveroo, the first six months. And then after that, there was just new faces every day, like new people coming in every single day. It got to points where there was about just, you know, about 50 of us a day just cycling around, having not had any orders for about an hour and a half, two hours, which is, you know, which is ridiculous in terms of, you know, you see how much that, that earns you. Um, I said I should set up some numbers, you know, like 10 a day, which might maybe bring something around a thousand pounds, which is like minimum wage. Um, but there are days I can't do that. Um, I mean, there are days I, I can't even do five orders nowadays. Which is very sad, you know, because I'm not earning like sometimes 20 pounds a day. The worst can be only uh, two or three orders through the entire day. And like, th this is not a very rare case. At this point, it became quite often that uh, riders can wait for four, like three to four hours during the lunch. It is normal that we're not getting any orders. And during the evening, I know some guys, literally just two days ago, one of my mates who were working, he said that from 6 o'clock until 10 o'clock, he only done uh, three orders. So it means he got £12 in uh, four, three, four hours, which is, which is absolutely outrageous. 
All the writers we spoke to tell the same stories of finding it hard, if not impossible, to even earn the minimum wage of £7.20 an hour. They spend hours waiting for jobs that might never come. So in these situations, they innovate. They find the way to squeeze as much as they can out of the busy hours. Okay, on the day was when it's rainy, cold, windy, or basically the worse the weather, the more likely we get the jobs. So, because we're not getting any jobs when the weather is good, because there is, I guess, there's not high demand, and the delivery doesn't prioritize cyclists to to be getting jobs when it's not busy. So, um, this is why I had to go to work in in these conditions because I knew I would be potentially getting more jobs during these weather conditions. So, better pay for him. It meant going out on one of the coldest days of the year, with consequences that could have been deadly. The weather was dreadful. It was cold, it was rainy, but at some point rain stopped. So um, I, I was just usually doing my orders. It was it was busy day due, due to weather. And uh, just at some point while riding, I got a cramp in my abdominals. He persisted, but the pain got worse and worse. After a long ride up a hill to make a delivery, he couldn't take it anymore and contacted some friends. Two colleagues quickly showed up and told him to call the National Health Service and take a cab home. Once home, he talked to a doctor who gave him a diagnosis. I did admit that I didn't eat so much before I left, so the lack of food before I, start, I started my shift and um, a bad weather conditions caused a mild hypothermia, which basically led me to being... Uh, for four or five hours in bed with temperature below 35.4. He was back to work a few days later, but for others, it takes a lot longer. Over the Christmas period, and by, by Christmas period, I mean sort of like um, in, the, in the weeks running up to December and the whole of December, we were getting uh, texts from Deliveroo, as we usually do, but much more frequently, texts from Deliveroo saying, um, make sure you guys are ready to, uh, to work uh, on the 1st of January to maximize your, your your earnings because 1st of January is the day after New Year's Eve. Everyone's hungover uh, and everyone's going to want to stay indoors and order food. He wanted to earn as much as he could, so he did a 10-hour shift and suddenly started feeling a horrific pain on his right knee. So, um, and uh, I, I rested it a little bit, but it wouldn't go away. And I went to the doctors and they said it's 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 like a mild form of patella tendonitis, which is basically the tendons behind the kneecap have become inflamed from uh, overuse. And um, I, was, I was quite annoyed about this because I didn't know what it meant for my prospects of earning any more money for Deliveroo. Um, but that was it. I've been basically out of action uh, and uh, training my knee back up to get back to optimum fitness since then. It will take several months before he can cycle again. In the meantime, he survives by whatever work friends throw his way. And has Deliveroo compensated him in any way? I inquired about it, um, asking for you know potential statutory sick pay because I sustained um, the injury during work, so they might be more inclined to uh, to, to to help me out to assist me. But um, several Deliveroo riders over the course of you know the the, the however months I'd been working there by that time had just been like, no, if you're out. You're out. You've got to. You've got to live frugally. You've got to find some other sort of means of income, because um, delivery, delivery won't help you out. The maximum thing that they do is um, if you ring them up once you've been injured on shift, they'll send um, ambulance out. I think that's about it. You just come back 
when you've um, when you've got yourself all fixed up. But the strain of this kind of work isn't only physical, but mental and emotional. Several writers talk about the stress of not knowing how much they will earn from month to month, and of not being able to plan for their future. We spoke to a writer in his late 40s, far from the stereotype of the student delivery writer. His concerns are very different from those of a 20-year-old. I started using my uh, life savings recently, I mean, it's since May, um, which is a shame because it's like a, you know, kind of deposit for your old ages. <laughs> um, and it's also scaring me because I'm not making my uh, national insurance contributions anymore. I mean, when you are older, you start thinking about these things, you know, more seriously. He's looking for other jobs, but has so far not been called for an interview. Now he thinks his only choice might be to leave Brighton. I mean, it's maybe emotional, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, because I lived in different cities before. Um, I don't think I will be happy anywhere else in the UK. What these rioters experience stretches far beyond Deliveroo. Over the past few months, more and more stories have emerged of workers in different companies having their rights denied. These companies include courier company CitySprint, transport company Uber, and even plumbing services provider Pimlico Plumbers. The common thread among all these companies is the way they circumvent employment law by classifying their workers as independent contractors. This way, they can deny them basic rights, such as holiday pay and the national minimum wage. It is a highly uneven relationship where all the risk seems to fall on the worker and none on the employer. At the forefront of the fight to reassert these rights is Lee Day solicitor Annie Powell. She's currently preparing two separate cases against Deliveroo and recently won a landmark case against Uber. The judge ruled that Uber was acting unlawfully by classifying its drivers as independent contractors instead of workers. Legally, provided we win the appeal, then all that, will, all that legally has to change for the drivers is that they need to receive holiday pay so they need to be able to take paid leave and they need to be paid at least the national minimum wage. They can continue to work as flexibly as they currently do. And the reason I refer to this is because there's a, a myth that's been put out by Uber and other companies which, in which they say that you can't have flexible working conditions and have workers' rights, that somehow the two are incompatible. And that is just rubbish. And the point, I, I think that the reason they're put, the companies are pushing this line is to deter workers from asserting their rights. Both Deliveroo and Uber were contacted by Unworkable, but didn't respond to requests for comment. Meanwhile, Powell says that these abuses are happening in part because the enforcement of employment regulation in the UK isn't tough enough. I definitely think we are seeing an erosion in workers' rights. And I think the key problem is that companies simply think it's worth taking the risk of not giving people the rights that they are entitled to in law. That they just pretend that their workers are self-employed independent contractors and that it is worth that risk for them and I think the one of the major problems is the incentives most of them know most companies know that a tiny fraction of people are going to bring a claim so putting bluntly it pays to act unlawfully you know that most people won't assert their rights and even if they do you just have to pay what you should have done so there needs to be a stricter um system or a better system of, of incentives and penalties. 
Powell argues that many of the companies that are circumventing these laws, such as Pimlico Plumbers, which recently lost a case at the Court of Appeal, have nothing digital about them. So what's new about the gig economy? London School of Economics fellow and researcher in digital labor, Jamie Woodcock, explains. So the gig economy has become one of these new buzzwords that's talked about describing, you know, new kinds of casual work. And in in my own research, I'm always careful to use terms like gig economy, because I think a lot of it is about marketing. Um, it's about saying that these kind of casual jobs are a new innovation that allows people more flexibility. In lots of cases, there isn't, you know, we can't categorize a gig economy as one thing, but we can say what it's pointing to is the growth of jobs at Deliveroo, at Uber, at TaskRabbit. What we really need to do is focus on what makes these things new and what makes them different. This idea of work being a gig, you know, something that's temporary and doesn't have benefits, you know, in many ways goes back to dock working, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, but what's different now is that this is increasingly being organized on online platforms uh, where workers might be isolated from one another, but it's introduced as a management strategy to isolate people, to make it harder for them to organize and to drive down their paying conditions. And Woodcock says that part of the trick these apps pull is that they hide from us the reality of the work. So I think with platforms like Deliveroo or Uber, what we're seeing is in effect uh, what Trevor Scholes has called digital black box labor. So this idea that these companies are black boxes that want to hide the work that goes into delivering the services. So Deliveroo and Uber claim not to employ any drivers. Now they clearly do. You know, they have fleets of drivers that, 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 that provide these services. But the app also gives us a sense that, you know, this is just a seamless interaction. You know, we're hidden from the reality of low paid work, of the stress of, uh, uh, of doing these jobs and the dangers of them. Mm. Sorry, I was just eating a pizza delivered to me by Deliveroo. It's just so tasty and convenient that I think, why should I worry about these guys? Well, Ursula Hughes, professor of labor and globalization at the University of Hertfordshire, says that what's happening to them could soon be happening to me. The practices that are used by the online platforms, using apps to summon people to work, making people log their hours online, expecting people to be available 24-7 to respond to messages about work, uh, being rated by customers. Um, all these practices and are spreading right across the economy. Two and a half percent, that is one person in 40 across the five European countries we looked, is already getting more than half their income from an online platform. And so there are very large numbers of people in this precarious situation where they, they don't know really from one day or week to the next if and when they're going to next be working. And Hughes argues that this could have catastrophic consequences for society's overall well-being. But I think more important than all these issues is the, uh, the, the human cost in terms of uh, psychosocial well-being, you could say, of this kind of precarious existence. There's lots and lots of evidence that being in a state of constant insecurity, of never being able to plan ahead, um, causes incredible emotional and mental harm, not just to the workers, but to their families, to their kids, to their relationships. Deliver, deliver. 
The resistance to the gig economy has already started. The Deliveroo riders in Brighton and their union, the IWGB, have forced the company to implement a hiring freeze. Deliveroo has yet to agree to other demands of an increase in the drop rates and a guaranteed living wage after costs. Other groups of Deliveroo riders have unionized in London, Leeds and Bristol, and there are rumblings in other cities across the UK. But Lee Day solicitor Annie Powell predicts that the resistance will only become stronger as the law rules on the side of the workers. At the moment, I think the courts are probably the most effective tool of fighting back against these abuses because they demonstrate that what's happening is unlawful and that that makes people aware of their rights. And so I think that really galvanises people, whether that's to, t- to go on strike or to have a protest. It doesn't mean that everyone will then also take legal action, but it it's... I think it gives you, it gives people a certain amount of courage. They know the law's on their side. And it's also exposed certain practices because you can't hide in court. You can't, PR doesn't wash with a judge. And you've got an obligation to provide all relevant documents. So all these documents that the companies want to hide come out and we see what really happens. And I think that really helps people who are campaigning for workers' rights in, in these industries. <laughs>